Hey there, listeners. Thanks again for tuning in to Sims Workshop. Hope you're having a wonderful day. So today we're going to be talking about The Last Lap by Minnie McGuinness. This closes her YA duology that began with The Last Last, with The Last Laugh, which once again captures all of those amazing gothic elements that made Edgar Allan Poe so popular. Um, first and foremost, if you are an Edgar Allan Poe fan, I think you really are going to appreciate this story. She draws so many illusions. Um, like I made, I made a whole list right here. So let's see. Telltale Heart, Fault House of Usher, The Raven, The Cask, The Cask of Amontadol, Hop Frog, um, and that's just to name a few. So I think it's. <clears throat> you know, in the first book, there are even more references to other Poe tales. And I really do think Mindy McGinnis does a really good job of capturing the atmospheric elements that made Poe really popular. You know, and I really do think it was a really enthralling story. I mean, I, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, I was able to get this book for free from a publisher. And I'm going to go ahead and buy it. Um because I loved it that much. You know, there are very few books where I'm just like, you know what? I don't need to have it. You know, money's tight. Let me just, you know, conserve my money. No, I, I will be, I will be buying this book. <laughs> um, I loved it, you know, and I'm, I love the mystery. I love how it's a young adult thriller. Uh, I do like mystery thrillers. <clears throat> I don't read enough of them um, because I'm really, really picky about them. But I really do like a good mystery slash thriller. And I do love gothic lit. I mean, if a book synopsis says gothic, I'm like, oh, fine. If a blur from an author on a book cover says gothic, I'm like, oh, putting on my reading list. I'm going to read this. Um, I literally just did that with... Um, all her murmuring bones. It says gothic fairy tale. Like, oh, okay, that's for me. So when it comes to the gothic, I'm here for that. I, I do love gothic lit. Um, and I think Mindy McGinnis does gothic very, very well. I think she's spectacular because she's really good at building up that atmosphere. She's really good at building up the mystery in her storytelling and I think what goes really hand in hand with that is the pacing the pacing is non-stop in this novel you know it's like it's a countdown basically you know it's a countdown you can sense that it's a countdown without the author saying all right we're counting down to something um Basically, what they're counting down to is Tress's 18th, 18th? Um, 18th or 17th birthday. I'm pretty sure it's her 18th. I forgot to put that in my notes, but they're counting down to her birthday because when it becomes her birthday, something's going to happen. She's going to inherit something. We don't know what, but her aunt doesn't want her to have it. Her aunt, in fact, wants Rivet Usher to kill his cousin 
Now, I think in the first book, we kind of got the sense that there was something off about Ribbit Usher. Um, it's just, you saw something wrong with him. Maybe you just thought he was a mama's boy. Maybe he was just socially awkward. You weren't really sure. I mean, he comes from old money. And I always thought it was odd. What I always thought was really odd that was that... Um, in the first book, and you find out why in this book. I always thought it was odd. Why wasn't Tress left with her aunt and cousin? Why was she left to grow up at this decrepit zoo, living in a trailer with her grandfather, who was basically disowned by the family? Why him, you know? So, that always kind of bugged me in the first novel. I'm like, why, though? And now we know why. And I like how the story evolves and how it develops. It really does keep me... I knew some elements were coming. I'm like, all right, McGinnis, you're putting the pieces together for me. I see the picture forming. But where exactly are you going with this? Um, and I like that. I like that she doesn't just give everything away right from the get-go. I like that there are some twists and turns and jaw-dropping moments. I'm like, what? And that's what I thought was really good. I think, again, McGinnis does unsuspecting so very well. Now, as for the characterization, I think the characterization was great. As I said already, you know that there's something wrong with Rupert Usher in the first novel. You're not quite sure what. Um, it's just the tone of the storytelling that kind of sets it up. But now, in this novel, we find out just how messed up the Usher family is. I mean, from his mother to him you're just like wow okay <laughs> so you really saying just how messed up ribbit usher is and again that was something that i happened to like i like the development of the story i like the development of the characters i think it is really engaging um, I love all the throwbacks to Poe. And another thing I think is interesting is just like with the first book, <clears throat> we have a, sorry, we have a third voice. In the first book, it was the Black Panther that escaped. And her point of view is written in verse. You know, Poe was also very famous for writing poetry, amongst other things. In this one, we have Rue. Rue is the orangutan that does seem to dote on Tress Montour. And Tress does like Rue the orangutan. She does feel a kinship and connection to um, this being. And Rue's poetry is also written in a different way than the Black Panther's poetry. The way the verse flows 
it doesn't quite flow as well as the Black Panther, but it still does flow. And I like that they're distinct and different because I really do think it sets them apart. You know, the cat is more predatory. Um, the cat is sleeker. It's more predatory. It's more watchful, if you know cats. Sometimes they just like to sit there and watch, and you're just like, what are you plotting? <laughs> um, and then with the orangutan, it's just as observant, but it has a little more... It's less predatory, for sure. Um, it's more human, I guess you could say. It inspires more emotion. It is more emotive, um, even though it's written in a way that is a little, I don't want to say broken. Um, I don't want, I don't want to say jarring either. It's written in a way I, I can't really describe it. Um, I just like how it was written because it wasn't, it was unique. Um, how it was written, how it goes. It did remind me a little bit of Ellen Hopkins, if you've ever read any of her books in verse, you know, like Glass or Crank, um, Impulse. It reminded me a lot of that. So I guess I ha had a little bit more, like I said, humanistic approach to it, which, again, captures um, orangutans. You know, orangutans are very smart. Um, so I think her storytelling, her characterization, her, the way she writes different mediums and incorporates uh, writing in poetry um, or form of poetry and also writing in standard narrative really does make the story come whole. And it's not jarring when you're going from um, traditional, you know, traditional narrative to verse, you know. It doesn't bother me at all. I really do think it is engaging. Um, and that's another thing. It doesn't break up the flow of the story. In fact, to me, I think it increases the pacing because the orangutan, Rue, is noticing something that Tress isn't noticing. And you're just like, you yourself are also trying to figure out, like, shit, what's going to happen to Tress Montour. Um... But that's what I liked, you know. It was a well-done story. Um, again, I loved it. I have to give it five stars. Just like with the first book, I devoured it. And I'm a huge Poe fan. So seeing all those Poe Easter eggs everywhere, I'm just like, I see you, McGinnis. I see you. Thank you for incorporating Poe into your work. Love it. Um, love it, love it love it. So, uh, I, like I said, I have to give the book five stars. Um, if you want to go ahead and purchase the book, please remember to purchase from your local bookseller or online book retailer. That's all I ask. Um, try not to get the book off of Amazon. Um, I know it might be cheaper on Amazon, but remember, because it's cheaper, it is undercut. It is undercutting the amount of profit the actual author does make in the long run. Um, so all I ask is that 
you you know you check out all those on other online resources book outlet barnes noble bookshop.org books million bedrolled books book depository i just ask that you support your local bookstores or independently owned bookstores in any way that you can um because i personally don't want to see bookstores go out of business i mean i know i work at a bookstore but I love shopping in a bookstore. Bookstores have always kind of been like my happy place. Whenever I was in a bad mood, I would just walk in and it's just like, ah, the smell of books. How are you guys today? So that would be me. Um, I, I really do love books. So please support your bookstores. And when you're supporting bookstores, you're also supporting authors. Uh, if money's tight, check out the book from your local library. There are so many other ways to support authors doing something like this, you know, a podcast, a YouTube review, um, sharing it on Insta, on Twitter, on TikTok, you know, spreading the word about the book is another great way to show your support of the author and to get them the attention that they deserve. So on that note, I hope you all continue to support me here by liking this podcast, subscribing to it and sharing it with all your book, book loving friends. Hope you all have a great rest of your day and as always, happy reading.